You are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Broad River Church. Let's get ready to listen to God's Word. I wonder who you were looking forward to seeing most this holiday season. It's probably uh, maybe an easier question for you to answer because some of us just got a chance to practice answering this question in real life. Many times we see people at Thanksgiving or Christmas that we don't see much during the year. And sometimes it's the only time that we see them is this time of year. And there are some people that we are really looking forward to seeing, right? They're just fun to be with. When you're with them, they just make you remember why you love them so much. They, they cook really good, and they give the best presents. And then there's other people. And if you're really honest, you might say, you know, I'm not really looking forward to see them, seeing them. And don't say their name out loud. And by the way, if it's your husband, they don't count anyway, so you can't put them in this category. But, but yeah, some people are extra grace-required folk. You know who I'm talking about. They're not fun to be with. In fact, just every minute that you're with them seems like an hour. When you finally get to take off, it's like, right? And they don't even cook that good. And it would be easier to hang out with them, you know, if they made better mashed potatoes or something. But no, and when they get your name in the family Christmas draw, they always buy something like a fruitcake for you or something you don't want. Nobody wants a fruitcake for Christmas, all right? And if you're planning on giving me a fruitcake, I'll take it. Somebody said amen back there, right? <laughs> so you probably aren't looking forward to seeing them. But who are you looking forward most to seeing this Christmas? And I want to put a new thought in front of some of you today. For others, it won't be a new thought. It'll be a renewal of an old thought. But new or old, I'd, I'd like to insert this idea today that the person that we should be looking forward most to seeing at Christmas is Jesus Christ. In fact, that's why we're spending four weeks on just one chapter because I think even followers of Christ can get caught up in making sure that we're policing everyone around Christmas and making sure everybody is saying Merry Christmas instead of just saying Happy Holidays and we can get so caught up in all the stuff that surrounds Christmas that we can end up missing the point ourselves. And I want to overwhelm your senses for a few weeks with Jesus. I want to put you on Jesus overload because it may be that we aren't really all that clear on who he is and how he came and why he came. In fact, I know we aren't clear. Last week I said something toward the end of my sermon about Jesus experiencing more grief and more pain than anyone else ever has. And as I said it, I could just see some disconnect in, in people's faces. Kind of like, yeah, 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 Pastor, we know he experienced pain, but you know, he knew it was all going to work out, right? So that doesn't really count. It was so clear clear on so many faces that I made everyone repeat the words maybe you remember I said human pain this is where we're going today because if you don't get this really key thing about Jesus then you won't really understand why we should be decorating and celebrating by the way let's give our team that decorated this place a hand they did a great job thank you thank you if we don't understand that key thing, we won't understand why, why we should be decorating and celebrating more than we ever have before this Christmas. I want you to see Jesus this Christmas. And here's the first thing I want you to see about Jesus. This is key. This is big. Let me put this mind-bending concept in front of you. You're taking notes. I'd like you to write it down. Very simply, Jesus was fully human and fully divine. 
I'm glad that we're starting here because some of you have been around church for a while and this will be a refresher for you that you really need. Us church people need to get this. Jesus was fully human and fully divine. You may have heard it before. You might even be able to repeat it on cue because you're supposed to say it. But this year, I want you to really wrestle with it and embrace it. Jesus was fully human and fully divine. Tell somebody close to you, this is big. Come on, tell them, this is big. I'm glad we're starting here because some of you are not around from around the church. You're new to church. In fact, you might not even be sure what you even think about the church or what you think about God or maybe even especially in this season what you think about Jesus. Here's some good news if that's you. First of all, you are very welcome here. This is a place that you can belong even before you believe. But the second reason is that, that, that you came on a good week is, is this, this one sen sentence is central. This sentence is essential. It's necessary to understanding what it means to be rescued by Jesus and to follow him. Him, Jesus was fully human and fully divine. It's a mind-bending concept, and explaining this sentence is not easy. In fact, it's really hard. It, it, it would be easy to understand if Jesus was fully human but not divine, right? We would get that. That's all of us. We, we would get it if Jesus was fully divine but not human. We've never had a problem as humans visualizing an all-powerful being much greater than us and nothing like us. If we had any other examples of someone else or other people that were fully human and fully God, we would get it. But this is hard for us because there are no other examples of someone like this. We lack a frame of reference. So we have attempts to explain it in culture, a good example of an attempt to explain this mind bender was the movie called The Matrix. How many of you have seen The Matrix? In this movie, there's this savior like figure. If you know the word messianic, he's a messianic figure. He's called, his name is what? Neo, and he's called what? The One. And this person, the one, is, is going to come and free the human race that are slaves by entering into their digital world, defeating the machines that are holding them captive. And how he does it is by eventually dying. By the way, spoiler alert, we've had like 25 years to watch it. So if you haven't seen it, that's on you. Okay, that's not on me. He does this by eventually dying, but returning even stronger than he was before. But it's not a great example of Jesus being fully human and fully divine because when this person, the one, when Neo enters their world, it's just like a digital imprint of his physical being. And this digital imprint that comes has unlimited powers, but his physical body back in the real world is just like ours. I, I really want you to see the difference. Jesus wasn't like Neo. Jesus was the one, but he wasn't like the one. It's, it's a decent attempt to come close, but it falls short because, get this, it's not like a part of God entered into creation and turned into a person, into a superhero, and Jesus wasn't at all a digital imprint. Get this, Jesus was real flesh and real blood. Jesus was born to a human mother. He experienced hunger. He experienced thirst. Jesus experienced temptation and pain and suffering, and he died. Just like every other human, he breathed his last breath. 
if Jesus was just fully God, he would not have experienced all of these things, but he, he wasn't just fully God. He wasn't just a human. He wasn't just God. There, there was a man named Moses who experienced God speaking through a burning bush. Way back on the left side of your Bible, check it out sometimes. By Moses, in this scenario, asked God to identify himself, and God responded by saying, quote, I am that I am. You need to understand why it's such a big deal that when Jesus shows up on the scene, you find him saying the same thing over and over. Over and over, Jesus said something about himself like this. He said, I am. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am from above. I am he. He said, before Abraham was, I am. I am the door of the sheep. He said, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. I am the vine. And again, I am he. You can find all of those statements just in the book of John that we are reading today. Fully human, fully man, and fully God, fully divine. It's okay for this not to be the easiest thing to understand. Sometimes, everybody hear this, it's okay to let the mystery be a mystery. And we're looking at the book of John, and these verses are pretty mysterious. And that's not a bad thing. We need more mystery in the world, not less. Here's what I've seen. Outside the church for sure, but even inside the church, sometimes we forget how wonderful and mysterious Christmas is. Like, why aren't we more surprised? Well, yeah, yeah, Jesus was, was God, but then he came down to earth, and he became a man, and then he saved us all from eternal death. Can you, can you pass me some more turkey? It's like, wait, what? We're not talking about something that happens. We're talking about something that never happened and never happens and will never happen, but it happens. I want you to be surprised all over again. I want the thing that we say most often this Christmas season to be, wait, what? In fact, practice right now. Everybody together, say it, say it, say it with me. Wait, what? Got to have a look. Very good. Now, Justin leaned into it. I appreciate that. Got that question mark on the end. That was good stuff. The first five verses of John chapter 1 will help with that. Let me, let me read verses 1 and 2 again. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Some of you are very visual, so I, I want to map it out a little bit different here. I want you to see it here. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Big moment alert, surprise alert. Get this and you'll get a lot alert. John, who is an original disciple of Jesus, is something saying something very important at the very start of this gospel that since the beginning of time, everybody say since the beginning, there was an entity known as the Word, and this entity not only was there with God, this entity was God. And just in case we aren't clear about this entity, who this entity named the Word is, John's super helpful down in verse 14 when he identifies the Word. He puts a more familiar title on the entity. He says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only 
Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Then John spends the next few verses talking about who the Son of God is, and then just he names the Son of God just in case there's anybody that's not tracking with it in verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Put verse 1 back up there if you would. Just look at the first three words that are highlighted there. If you haven't read the Bible much, I just want to give you some low-hanging fruit here, okay? What are the first three words of, of the verse? Read them with me. Yeah. Now, does, this remind, does this remind anyone here of anything else? Yeah, the same three words are the first three words of the whole Bible. In fact, look at them right next to each other. Genesis chapter 1. In fact, this time at the bottom, read the first four words with me. Read them with me. In the beginning, God. Come on, read them again. In the beginning, God. And here we have John, in John chapter 1, saying saying in the beginning was the word. John wants to say this. I'm saying the same exact thing that started the whole Bible. In the beginning, God. In the beginning was the word. Or if we want to match things straight up because we've done the calculation now. In the beginning, Jesus. There are four versions. If you haven't read them, read them. The four versions of Jesus' life here on earth. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospel of Matthew starts with genealogies. Matthew wants to let us know about Jesus' family tree. The gospel of Mark has Jesus bursting on the scene as a full-grown adult. Mark is all about the adult action of Jesus. Luke is a doctor, so he starts his gospel by letting us know how he did his research. And John begins by informing us that Jesus is God. Seems simple enough, and and contrary to what we may read in the news, there are more people that believe this than at any other time in history. Belief in Jesus, contrary to what you may see when you read the news, is growing like crazy in Africa. It's growing like crazy in Africa and in many other parts of the world. They have come to understand that Jesus is God and it's changing their lives. And simultaneously, this understanding has become less important to people in much of the Western world. So much so, in fact, that it's easy to find Christian churches where this statement is not a rock-solid belief. There are more and more people who sit on the fence on the divinity of Jesus. Divinity means to speak of him as God. More and more people on the fence, so I want you to be surprised for the first time or surprised all over again with the point that John is making here. Jesus is God. People want to play fast and loose with the whole point that John is making here. But John doesn't leave any gray area. Part of the surprise of Christmas, this is going to be hard for some of you to receive. Part of the surprise of Christmas this year, you ready for this, is that there's no room for debate. There's no room for my truth or your truth versus the truth. There's no beating around the bush or trying to explain the meeting. In fact, the only way to, to support a view that doesn't believe that Jesus is God is by twisting these verses around very, very radically. The Jehovah's Witnesses do this with an alternate translation of these verses that twist the meaning. And, and the point is in here to attack other faiths, but I, I want us to all just be hit straight in the face with the very plain meaning of the text in the beginning was the word and the word was with God verse 1 and the word was God he was in the beginning with God all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of man John begins this gospel 
with making one of the strongest claims that have ever been made. He makes an assertion so strong that when we're reading it, we are forced to make a choice. Do you believe that the word that became flesh was God or not? In other words, there is no Christianity light. There is no following Christ without following Christ as the Son of God. There's plenty of people and plenty of room for people who are wrestling with it. Who, who wouldn't wrestle with something this extraordinary and rare and uncommon? How could you not wrestle with a statement that has only been made once in the history of the world with any supporting evidence? It's a question for everyone here today. It's a question for people who believe there's a God or a higher power, but they're not quite sure about this Jesus. It's a question for people raised in a church, but they're not really sure what it means to follow someone who is fully man and fully God. So we're going to spend four weeks wrestling with this question because there's nothing that's ever mattered more than the answer to that question. Just three weeks from today, the main event will be upon us, Christmas Eve, and most of us, if not all of us, are probably already doing things attached to the season, starting to decorate. Some of you started decorating in October. I see you out there. You don't have to hang your head in shame. It's okay. Some of you are proud of that. Too. Yeah, yeah, I did. It was July. I started in July, right? <laughs> see, see, there you go. There's, there's always somebody out there started in May. <laughs> and so we're making plans. We're going to see shows, we're going to visit family, we're going to shop, we're going to schedule holiday dinners, we're going to buy the right clothes for the big party, and what's it all for? Is Christmas just a cultural tradition that we bought into? Or is there something deeper? Is there something underneath all the glitz and all the lights and all the gifts? Somewhere underneath all of that, is there the God who entered our world and took on flesh for the sake of our salvation? Why does it matter? We're entering into a celebration of thankfulness that Jesus was both fully human and fully God, and it matters because, listen, if he had only been human, his death wouldn't have done anything to help us. I'm going to say it again. This matters because if he had only been human, his death wouldn't have done anything to help us. People die all the time trying to help other people. If he was just human when he died, not too long after he died, Jesus would have been forgotten, and we would all still be in the same place we have always been, in need of rescue from our sin. We would still not have things right with God. But if Jesus was just all God, then he couldn't have died for us at all. Listen, it's his humanity that made Jesus' death real. It's the very fact that Jesus was both fully human and fully God that makes Jesus our Savior. Why are these five verses still so relevant? Just over 60 words that are designed, John's intentional with this, designed to knock us off of our feet and surprise us with a choice. It's the choice that we sang the first two verses. We didn't sing the third verse. It says, Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. 
Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. The reality of Jesus as all God and all men is a mystery. It's the most important surprise that's ever happened. Hear me this morning. It should shock you. It should mess you up. It should change everything for us because it does. Pray with me now. Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for making us aware, Lord God, of who you are. For some of us, Lord, just coming to grips with this for the first time, understanding and realizing it for the first time. Others, Lord, in this room that, that have known this truth and have even walked in this truth, but how is it affecting us as we move into this season? Lord, don't let us move into this season thinking that it's a drudgery. Don't let us move into this season thinking it's just another year that we've got to learn how to figure out how to pay the bills and buy everybody presents, and we've got to get through this. If I could just put my head down for 20, 24 days or so, I can get through this. Lord, no, help us to come alive. Help us to be people of Christmas because we are people of the Christ. Let it affect everything about the way that we live. Let it affect everything about the way that we speak. Let it affect everything about the way that we move forward in this season. Lord, help us to not be so focused on trying to police people around us to make sure that they celebrate Christmas right, that we miss the whole point and not miss and miss you, Jesus, that you are fully human, that you are fully divine, and you came for us. Help us to feel the mystery all over again. Help us have that wait, what experience, God, all over again. Help us to be surprised all over again. Don't let our heart be hardened, Lord. Let our heart be alive towards this season. But I pray for some people in this room that have never made a decision to follow Jesus. If that's you, maybe you came into this place not even really sure why you were here, and, but you've, you've been maybe moving forward or maybe trying to figure some things out, or maybe you showed up here and you didn't even come to your will. Somebody else drug you here. That happens too. If that's you, and maybe as we were singing and maybe as I was speaking, there was this sense that, that you felt like something was happening inside of you, I want you to know that that is the Holy Spirit of God that is calling your name. And that this moment is a holy moment for you, that you don't have to leave here the same way that you came, that you can make a decision to follow Jesus today. It'll be the best decision that you've ever made. While nobody's looking around right now, nobody, all the heads are bowed, all the eyes are closed, if that's you and you'd, you'd say, Pastor Kevin, I, I want to pray this prayer with you. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'd love for you to repeat it after me. But if you do pray this prayer after me, I, I want you to pray it as your words, making a decision to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. If that's you, while nobody's looking around, would you just let me know who I'm leading in the prayer today just by lifting your hand where you are? Come on, all of this room, lift your hand if that's you. Thank you, Jesus. There's hands going up all over this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. God bless you. Broad River Church, let's pray with those who lifted their hands today. If you lifted your hand, pray this as your prayer today. Just repeat these words after me. There's nothing magical about the words. It's, it's the words that are demonstrating what's happening inside your heart. Say these words. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your resurrection and the new life I have in you. Now I give you my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Turn me back to you. I want to follow you all of my days. Now we just whisper this to him. Just say, just whisper to him, I love you, Jesus. 
Come on, tell them again. Say, I love you, Jesus. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God just a big praise as we stand to our... Now stand up with me right now. Come on, give God a big praise for what he's done for the new souls that are coming into the kingdom of God even right now. He's doing a work and we bless you for it, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you connected with this sermon, share it with a friend. You can find us on all social media platforms and YouTube or visit us on Sunday in person at two locations in Norwalk and three service times. Have a great week.